0: Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is Nicola Chan and you are listening to the Weishi Radio Show, a podcast and a live radio show on 91.8 Hayes FM. The date today is the 26th of September. We're still recording remotely, so whenever you get this, we are speaking from the future and from the past. I am recording this episode from my home and I had an interview, which I did last week, with Barry from www.firewalkinguk and I'm really excited to share that episode with you today because last night I took part in my own firewalk and I remember speaking to Barry and feeling really inspired and motivated to do a walk I didn't have the opportunity at all this year and I was looking forward to doing the course with him in May and an email came through from the Firewalking UK and it had an opportunity just for an evening rather than a whole course, which is a whole weekend, to do a firewalk for a little bit less money. And I, I just thought, Barry didn't tell me that on the interview. And I checked it out immediately and then signed up. And when I went on the course last night, I discovered some people had been waiting for that day since January because of the whole COVID situation. They'd booked in and then it couldn't take place and now it was safe to do so. So they waited all that time. So I feel really fortunate that we got on at that very last minute and that there was space for us. Um, And we met some amazing people, as always, on courses like this where people are there to develop themselves. I love doing personal development courses and meeting like-minded people and sharing that connection and that experience with other people where you put yourself through your own fears and you see them put themselves through their own fears and overcome stuff together really connects you as human beings Um, and I shall tell you more about it at the end so I hope you enjoy this episode with Barry. He's going to talk to you all about overcoming your fears, all about firewalking and his own experience also. So I think you're going to get a lot from this episode. So please leave some comments. This episode will be streamed to you on SoundCloud. It will be on 91.8 Haze FM. It will also be with the video uploaded to YouTube. So... I hope you enjoy that video, because you can see myself and Barry chatting away, and you can also make your comments below. So if you have any questions, please pop them in there, and I will get back to you. Welcome, it's a way- Good afternoon. Hello. Oh, there you are. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just takes are you- a moment for everything to kick in. I'm warming up slow today.
0: How are you today? Are you okay?
1: I'm very well, thank you. Very well, thank you. How are you?
0: I'm also very well. It's very hot and I was just doing a little dance around the garden in the sunshine <laughs> just before I came on so I'm a bit warm um, but it's good to have you here and I just I've started the, the live already on Facebook so I just wanted to introduce myself again and the show because this is actually the first day back so I've been waiting for an amazing Lovely. guest to come on and that is you so welcome um, You got me instead <laughs> <laughs> You are the amazing guest So welcome Barry. Barry is uh, the master firewalker from firewalking.co.uk. I'd love for you to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your story and how you got into firewalking. But but firstly, the personal development world.
1: Sure. Uh, How long have you got? Uh, It's it's a story, you could go back 25 years, um, but I'll give you the abridged version. Uh, I was uh, in a, a corporate career, sales, team building, management, uh, everything that you know was very much on the, the the rat race and over many years became quite dissatisfied and disillusioned and uh, was introduced through sales training to NLP neurolinguistic programming and at that point I was like here we go again it's another training I've got to go on to tick a box and it caught my attention and it was like wow this is something new this is something different and that started my, my journey into the personal development world. Skip forward four or five years of doing lots of research and reading lots of books, I realized that NLP is like learning to drive a car by reading a book. It, you can't do it. You can't tell what it's like to feel the biting point of the clutch. You need to be doing it. And so I went and trained. I got my practitioner, my master practitioner. All the time, this is uh, with the intention of being... Uh, better within the sales environment, the corporate environment, and then I started helping people. And, oh, so wow. that was
0: actually one of my questions. I wanted to ask if you originally got into personal development to help yourself or if you went in to help other people.
1: I, I went in to help sales figures. Um, I suppose is technically what I did, but very quickly realized that the potential to, to help people achieve more than just their sales figures, to achieve real you know, dynamic and long-lasting change in their life. And so I started to build a practice whilst I was still uh, in the corporate world. And about five, six years later, I was able to step away from corporate and focus on building a, a you know full-time practice. And mm-hmm. that was that was the start of the magic.
0: And then what happened next?
1: So I started building practice. I was immersed in the personal development field. I worked with some of the top people in the, in the country, um, some at the top in the world. I trained with Dr. Richard Bandler, um, and so I, you know, I was moving in those circles, I was talking to lots of people, meet, meeting lots of people who uh, had a vast experience, and firewalking was one of the topics that kind of uh, came across the table one day, and both my wife and I were both in the personal development field at this time, and we decided, yeah, you know, it's it's on the bucket list. We'd like to do that. Um But like many people with the bucket list, it was something that was there. We weren't doing anything to make the things happen. And so we said, right, okay, let's do this. We got a friend who did a lot of charity work. We organized an event as a fundraiser for her campaign. Uh, She was supporting Help for Heroes. We got a professional in to run the event for us. And in March of 2015, we did our first fire walk and woke up the next morning and the world had shifted on its axis. It was literally an overnight shift of, wow, what was that? How did that happen? How do we get more of this in our life?
0: So tell and me about that so, shift. So you're saying how you changed overnight. So what was life like yes. that night before? What were you thinking in your head? What was your plans for the future and, and how, how did it shift overnight?
1: So I was happily bumbling along, uh, running my, my private practice. Um, quite content with where it was going it was growing gradually at a steady pace and I was I was just content with where I was at and then we did this fire walk and the the way that it was framed was and have have you ever done a fire walk? Not yet. Not yet okay so the way that it was framed to us and this is sometimes a big disappointment for people walking on fire is not about walking on fire It's about so many other things. And the way that it was presented to us in that evening was that there are many things, many stories that we tell ourselves that we don't question, that we simply believe to be true about our own limitations and our own abilities and our own thresholds. And when given the opportunity in a safe environment to challenge those beliefs or to step beyond uh, those limits, and to stretch yourself out with of your comfort zone, you find that you're actually capable of a lot more. And so that, that was what we did that evening, uh, culminating in the, the fire walk, which was an incredible experience in and of itself. But the lead up to it was probably as valuable, if not more so than just a, you know, just a, a kind of an adrenaline fueled activity, which many of these activities are, you know, skydives and bungee jumps and all these sort of things they tend to they give you a thrill whilst you're doing them however when it's over you kind of go back to your normal life and everything's the same as it was before now the way that we teach firewalking walking and the way that it was presented to us is that at the end of the night the idea is that you walk away and you go wow two three hours ago I didn't think that was possible or I didn't think I was capable of doing that but I was wrong what else have I been wrong about? What else in life have I not attempted, not considered, thought I wasn't ready for, not enough, whatever that means. And so just, you know, stepped aside and, and let someone else take the lead or, you know, I've just given a, a wide body swerve to the, the whole entity in itself and gone and done something else. And so that, that shift literally was overnight. I woke up the next morning, it was like, wow. I just went to raise some money and to have a bit of fun, to have that adrenaline-fueled experience and realized the tremendous potential for you know, what it could do for, for my clients. And so I, you know, I was encouraged uh, by my very understanding and very patient wife to say, go and find out more, find out how you can do this. And so I did. And uh, I ended up connecting with Fine Walking UK. And over the last five years, I've since become uh, so an instructor myself and then a master instructor uh, and then a certifying master instructor. And I'm now a co-director with Firewalking UK, part of the training team there and training other people and opening the door for them to, to follow or at least be introduced to the path that i followed.
0: So can you share with us, if you wouldn't mind, what kind of things were you scared of beforehand? And, and you said you woke up in the morning, you felt completely different. You started questioning things. What kind of things came up for you that you thought, maybe I don't believe that anymore?
1: Yeah, so I wouldn't have said I, I was a fearful person. <laughs> yeah, well, oh yeah. Um, I, I'll, I'll, I'll come back and answer that question. I'll just explain one thing. I was at a friend's birthday party very recently. And uh, he, he said to me, he says, oh, yeah, you're, you're doing the firewalking thing now. My mum's done one. Hold on. And he grabbed his mum and brought her over to me. And uh, she, she gave me this 20-minute blow-by-go, blow, second-by-second account of her fire walk. And she, you know, she'd obviously had an incredible experience. And I said, wow, you know that, that sounds like you, you, you really had a you know, valuable experience. Was that earlier this year or was that last year? She went, no, it was 20 years ago. And that really hit me because that reminded me just how much of a responsibility it is to present these experiences to people. The fact that she wouldn't remember me or the presenter or the words that used, but to remember that experience so vividly for 20 years, it, you know, it's, it's a huge honor. But I remember mine, uh, I specifically the, the first time that we walked that night, But I remember the, the evening, and I, I wouldn't have said I was a fearful person. I didn't live in fear. I wouldn't have said I was full of doubt and uncertainty. As a therapist at working in that environment, I considered myself fairly confident. However, what I realized was that I was... I was capable of so much more that I had been standing in my own way that my own limiting beliefs about, you know, um, maybe that's not for the likes of me. You know, I, I probably got five or 10 years more studying and learning and practicing before I could get to this level or that level. And then overnight I realized that's just me holding myself back and getting out of my own way long enough to realize that, I didn't have to hold back, that I could let go of the anchors that were anchoring me into the the belief systems that I'd been brought up with, that I'd learned through the corporate world. You know, the corporate world is very, well, certainly the one I worked in was very much about fitting in, about being one of the team, about towing the line. It wasn't about being innovative and creative and doing things, you know, out of, out of the norm to get the results. And so there was a lot of that that came up for me and I realized, wow, I've just been working different environment, but following the same set of rules. And so it was it really was a release from all those, those, those limiting beliefs.
0: So do you think some of those things were your subconscious fears that came up? Because as you said, you didn't really think you were a fearful person.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, when you're stood looking at 15 foot of glowing red embers, your unconscious jumps in and tells you all the things that you've been brought up with. Stay away from the fire. The fire is hot. The fire will burn you. All of those things come up naturally. And so you learn about, well, in that moment, is you know, courage isn't about the absence of fear. Courage is about being able to make decisions that are right for you, even in the presence of fear. So being able to say, this is what I want. I want to do this and I know I'm scared and I know that this is going to challenge me, but I also know that it's possible. You know, I've just seen 15, 20 other people. So being able to take that step. Absolutely.
0: Well, that's just it, isn't it? It's taking the step and it is a physical step of actually moving your body. But when we are so consumed by fear, one of our responses is actually freeze. So how do you overcome that and actually get your body to move into something that you see is dangerous?
1: Sure, so the the fire the walking isn't something you just turn up, kick your shoes off and hope it all works out okay. There's a sequence that, that people are led through, which is taking them from that, you know, when we lead events now, people will turn up. And even at the start of the night, they know what they're there for, but they will be, I, I overhear them saying things like, oh, how did I get talked about this? You know, this is crazy. There's no way I'm going to be able to do it. I'll maybe just sit at the back and I'll just watch you do it. And I hear all those things and I think, great exactly where they should be because it's natural to have that sort of fear and people want to stay in their comfort zone all of that is perfectly natural I see my role as taking them on a journey in the time that they spend with us to the point where they ideally believe in themselves enough to do it or at the very least believe in my belief in their ability to do it Enough that they take that first step. So we have to stretch them a little bit. We, we stretch their comfort zone so that their comfort zone becomes bigger. They're capable of more. And over the course of an evening or a day or a weekend, we'll stretch that to the point where they will at least consider the, the thought of stepping through that membrane of fear and stepping out onto the coals. Because you know once somebody's taking the first step, nobody ever gets halfway across and stops to have a think about if it's for them. Yeah. You know once you start, you're committed to finishing you know.
0: Yeah How long is that walk?
1: Well on, on a, <clears throat> it depends on the event and the experience of the firewalkers but you know for a, a typical event where we have first time firewalkers, somewhere between 12 and 15 feet is about average. Can longer ones be done? Absolutely yes. Uh, you know, but th- those are, are different events for different audiences. Uh, but for most people, you know, 12 to 15 feet is still big enough to really challenge and, and bring up some, some stuff for people that they have to overcome.
0: Mm-hmm. So is this the main thing that you do now? Did you find that it was just so impactful that all of your NLP and hypnotherapy training that you do with people, you then lead them down to the firewalk?
1: I would say, uh, I wouldn't say I've left all that behind. I, I, you know, I no longer see clients one-to-one. My wife has taken over the private practice. Um, however all the skills that I learned in that part of my journey, I use, you know, it's, it's not that people, when they cross the fire in some deeply altered state in a, a state of deep trance, but there are, you know, all those skills uh, enable me to assist people in breaking through their limiting beliefs so that they can feel that competence, that confidence, and, you know, just elevate the, their own consciousness to the point where they, they know in you know inside in in that small voice within speaks up and says you've got this Mm
0: -hmm. and have you in your own experience or any of your clients had a fear that has then come up after the course and then you've been anchored back to that state of i'm about to walk on fire and you know that you did it and then you use the same strategy to overcome this fear that's presented itself
1: yes yes absolutely um as, as part of the mastery training so um, I'll mention Tolly Burkan. Tolly Burkan. Um, people who move in the personal development field have sometimes co- come across the name of Tony Robbins, Anthony Robbins, um, who runs the the Unleashed Power Within and you know uh, Date with Destiny uh, seminars. Uh, and on them he he leads firewalks. And his teacher was Tolly Burkan, and he's con- you know considered the the father of the modern firewalking movement. And So when I went to train with Tolly as a a certifying master, it's a seven-day training, and each day more challenging than than the last uh, because it's that same thing of sequencing. You get stretched a little more each day, and each day your comfort zone gets a little bigger. And so on day three of a seven-day training, that each day gets more challenging on, we arrive in the morning, we sit down, we start to take our coats off, and there's only eight of us in the room. It's a very small, intimate group. And he says, no, no, don't take your coats off. You're not going to be here long. Today, you're going to get your coats on, you're going to get in the car and you're going to take the 90-minute drive up to Lodi Airport. And by midday today, you'll have jumped out of a plane at 13,000 feet. Now, I used to have a thing with heights and I thought, yeah, I'm over that. I've got it sorted. You know, I've I've done Sydney Harbour Bridge over the top. I've done, you know, I've done it all and I'm comfortable. And then I get told I'm getting out of a plane at 13,000 feet sometime in the next two and a half hours. That's a different experience. Now, I don't know if you've ever been in a plane. Making me to... scared. <laughs> just
0: listening. Yeah,
1: well, you know, absolutely. And, and, you know, and of course, of the eight people in the room, I think five or six of us were like, well, I, I hold on. He said, no, no, you don't get to choose now. You have to go there. You have to get trained. You have to get in the suit. You have to get in the plane. You go up. You get the door open at 13,000 feet. And when you're sat in the doorway, that's when you get to choose. Because anything else, any other part of that decision process that you're making right now is based on a story you're telling yourself. When you're sat in the doorway, you're dealing with the real facts.
0: Mm. And so, you know, yeah, the, a lot of feel
1: yeah, you know, and so there was a lot of thing. I'm like, wow, you know, is, is this thing that I had with heights, am I actually over it? Is this going to come back up for me? Is it going to come back up at a really inconvenient moment? Like when I'm sat in the doorway and there's another 15 people behind me waiting to get out. And so all of that kind of started to bubble under. And so there was four of us in the car. We spent 90 minutes doing an excellent job of not talking about it uh, because we were all inside, you know, making up our own stories. But then when I arrived and we we started the training process, I I was reminded of something that somebody had said to me on, on the training when I'd done my instructor training, which was submit to the process, surrender to the process. You know, all this, this, this stuff, that the, the shitty committee inside here, they're not gonna be telling you anything useful. You know, so get them out the way, just allow yourself to surrender and, and relax into the process and enjoy it. You know, expect the best, go for it and play full out. And so that, that's what I did. And I think somewhere there's a video of me at 13,000 feet with this inanely huge grin on my face as I'm coming out the door um and i loved every moment of it do
0: you remember that moment then when you made the decision to jump or not to jump
1: well it, it, you know it was i had a man strapped to my back and he was pretty much in control he was uh, gonna you jump know, anyway <laughs> he was going i was just there <laughs> along for the ride but they do this thing you know he says okay on three we're going to go and he goes one two and then you're out because apparently <laughs> sometimes on three people reach for the door so they, they take away that option from you oh my um yeah i i he actually had to get me to put my head back because I was so, wow, just, you know, taking in the, the, the view from 13,000 feet is just incredible. And the wind and the, the smells, it was just so invigorating that he actually had to pull my head back so that we could get out the door safely. But yeah, it was a great experience. Do it if you ever get the chance.
0: So did you do that before you did the fire walk?
1: That's no, no, so th- that, that was part of my mastery training. So I, I did the firewalk back in March of 2015. I trained as an instructor in May of 2015. And then uh, in two th- towards the end of 2016, I certified as a master. Um, and that was part of that training process. So now I'm part of the training team and we, we train other instructors from all over the world.
0: Amazing. And talk to us about your mission, the mission on the website to give people control over their lives. What do you mean by that and how can firewalking give people control over their lives?
1: So, you know, so many people are living a life, but it's not the one that that would fulfill them, that sets their soul alight and and fills their heart with passion and joy. And that's in many cases as a result of the baggage that they carry with them. You know, if they've had experiences in, in their life up to this moment, then you know that can impact how they live their life, the way that they think, the way that they feel, what they believe about who they are and what they're capable of and what they deserve in many cases. And so firewalking is about being able to break through the beliefs that, that are holding you back, but also to let go of the, the, the stuff, the, the mishigos, the complicated nonsense, the trauma, the hurt, the pain, all those things, just to let them go. Because it's like, you know, most people, you know, if they, if they do some of these empowerment seminars, they, they, can, they can make some breakthroughs, but they have to work really hard, to, you know, because it's like they're dragging along this huge back, this anchor that ties them to the past. And so they can move forward, but it takes tremendous effort. And what we find is if people can just let go of that anchor, if they can, you know, untie the rope, they'll naturally just drift forward anyway. But if you give them the focus and the direction they can make huge leaps in very little time. And so that's what it's about. It's about letting people see that the life that they want to live isn't beyond their reach. They just have to let go of the past that's been holding them back and you know, view their past as an empowering tool, something that they can learn from and actually gives them power and not takes away their personal power.
0: So what kind of... Um... Feedback have you had from people since doing the courses, where they've been able to let go of things and change the story and live a different life? What kind of changes have people shared with you?
1: Wow. Um, so um, th- th- there's there's one story in particular that, that always comes to mind when people ask about that sort of thing, and it was a, a young woman who she was she was the quiet mouse type, and she would always be the you know well who's gonna you know who's going to take control? Who's who's going to lead this? Who's going to be in charge? And uh, she got in touch with us about six months after having done the course, because most changes don't happen during the training. They happen at some point after. People have that aha moment. And so for her, she would, she'd been driving along, it was late evening, uh, and there was a car accident, several cars ahead of her. And she phoned us, really excited and so happy and so full of joy, because the moment she saw the accident, she stopped the car, she got out, she walked up to the front and started directing people, telling what to do, who to phone the ambulance, how to, you know, and she just took control of the situation with a total calm, and she said, "That is so unlike me. I would never have done that before doing the course." And it's those things where, you know, people just step up. Uh, you know, the, the, there's the, the the bystander syndrome where people always look for somebody to take charge. Mm-hmm. And what we found in the, the stories that we hear time and time again are that you know people who have done this course, the instructor training. They're the ones that in those moments of stress and, and trauma and you know, real danger, they're the ones that are focused and calm and in control because they know what it feels like to be courageous even in the presence of fear, to be able to focus their mind and think rationally without losing control even when the pressure is on.
0: That's amazing. So what kind of people come on the courses?
1: Wow. So um, let's think, who have we had? So uh, we've had royalty, we've had celebrities, we've had Zen Buddhist monks, we've had bus drivers, Cambridge lawyers, um, bank robbers, we've had uh, yoga teachers. Uh, You know, there isn't a one size, oh, this, this is the type of person that this course is for. It's for people who have lived lives and want to live more. You know, that, that's pretty much it because you can't get to, you know, whenever you are in life, I guarantee you'll have had curveballs. You'll have had some degree of things not going the way you wanted them to. And some of that you'll be holding on to. And you'll have dreams, you'll have hopes, you'll have aspirations. Pretty much everyone has, to some degree, both of those things in their life. And so it's about dealing with the stuff that's holding you back so that you can achieve the stuff that you want to do moving forward and you know so is is there a type of person no we've had 18 year olds we have had 70 year olds uh you know the the all age groups all sexes all all range of backgrounds
0: so um so there's a few questions that came (laughs) up because i was thinking about the type of person that would go in terms of needing to know that they need to change something but with nlp and i've found it myself with my own clients sometimes people don't know what they have do you know what I mean like because I do personal training and fitness as well they might come in for the fitness and actually it's Mm. other stuff that goes on and when we get to know each other and talk and discuss how I could help them then the NLP stuff comes in so obviously with firewalking it's called firewalking so people know what they're walking into um so I was just wondering what kind of person what issues may they be going through that they think oh firewalking will really help with this
1: so when I'm talking to people about the course I, I, I kind of very broadly that there's two types of people um that that will come to the course and broadly speaking healers or seekers and the seekers are the people who in their own life they they feel there's something missing they they have a sense that there's more they don't know what that is they don't know what's missing they don't know what it'll look like or what it will feel like they just have a sense of this can't be it and they, they they're they're on the path to find something. They don't know what it is. And many times they'll cross our path in in that process. And so those people, they're there for themselves. They're there for an experience, for a learning, for a teaching. And the other type are the the healers. And the healers are typically the people who, you know, such as yourself. So they've, they've perhaps been on a journey They've had an experience in their life and typically they've either got the type of support that has really nurtured them in a challenging time and they want to make sure that other people get that type of support or they've not specifically not had the type of support mechanism that really would have benefited them in challenging times in their life and they want to make sure that other people don't have that experience and so they're there to learn about you know tools and techniques that they can take away and use with other people now for those people, when somebody comes on the course, we've really got two customers. The person that's in the room with us doing the learning, but also the per- the person that they're going to stand in front of and share those teachings with. And so the, the course, the, there's a second layer to the course, which is we're not only teaching you the, the exercises that you're going to be able to lead, but we take you on a, a journey, you know, a, a, a process whereby we open you up to the idea that you could be your best self and in doing so you deliver those exercises that we're teaching with far more authenticity with far more power in a way that really connects with your audience and and you know gives them an experience that can change their lives Mm
0: -hmm. that's the other thing i was thinking about is the journey so Everything that I've experienced so far on NLP, I've thought that that will be the tool that will fix the problem and that will be the destination. And then have then learned that it's a journey and I keep experiencing new things and there's more layers and so on. And I'm wondering with yourself, with the fireworking, it being such a, a big, empowering thing and it's a physical thing that you put yourself through. Are there still things that are on your journey now that you need to overcome that are fear based?
1: I don't think so. I I'm constantly put in situations where um, I I I know how I would have reacted five six seven years ago and recognise that almost instantly now and I'm able to just kind of pull myself out and go no I've got this I've earned my stripes I've done the work submit to the process and just you know be in flow I I now trust my my own knowledge and wisdom and ability enough to know that I don't need to think about things I don't need to go oh right hold on I've got to do oh you know I'm coming on an interview uh, with Nicola I need to plan 30 minutes worth of content that I'm going to speak about because I trust that whatever you ask me I've already learned it and me writing stuff down is just confirming to my unconscious that I already know what I know And I don't need to do that anymore. I'm able to trust that small voice within that, that intuition, that gut instinct that goes, when Nicola asks about this, I'll go, yeah, I've got that. I'll have an answer. So yeah, I'm I'm put in situations which I know would have challenged me. I remember the first time uh, we we did an event where we had a massive audience. We were going to have 750 people um, doing a fire walk. And I was just going to be leading the fires. My, My business partner, Steve, he was going to be doing the presentations and uh, last moment i ended up on stage so that was very unexpected a little bit scary but 15 20 seconds into i just i was in flow and i was over it and i was just doing it
0: i guess so, that's one of the things where you're put on the spot you don't get the chance to have the fear so really if you knew beforehand it's again the fear of the fear whereas actually well, on the spot you can do it
1: i i, I got notification a week before so I had plenty of time to think about it um, and I thought, do you know what, it'll be fine. I, you know, when I got on the stage, yeah, those first 15, 20 seconds, the heart was going, you know, but then I was like, yeah, I know this. I, I know my content. I know what I'm talking about. These people are listening. I just need to entertain them and share my message. And that's what I did.
0: Mm-hmm. I was just going to have a look on Facebook and see if there was any questions. Can't see any so far.
1: I'll I'll share a little story. Just on that note, then, whilst you're looking for questions, Tolly shares a story about when he was young and he was a magician and he used to do seminars. And he would stand on the street corner and hand out leaflets. And people would, you know, as they do today, you know, oh yeah, you know, I'm not looking interested in your leaflet. You know, take it away. And they would just bypass him and ignore him. And so he bought this little glove puppet the little furry rabbit, and it was made by Stife, the people that make teddy bears. And so he'd wear this little glove puppet and he'd put the leaflet in the puppet's hand and the, the puppet would hand the leaflet to people. And so they would stop and they would take, and they, oh, they would, you know, adore the, the rabbit. And one woman stopped and she was like, oh, aren't you just the cutest little thing. And Tolly says, you know, it's just a puppet. And she says, shh, I'm talking to the rabbit. And so she fussed around the rabbit. And Tolly talks about how That's kind of how he operates. He's like God's puppet. He just lets her stick his hand up his ass and whatever comes out comes out. And he just trusts that the teachings will be there for whoever is in the room that what will come through will come through at the right time. And so that's, you know, that that's kind of a lesson for me that I've learned, which is I've I've done the work. I just need to open myself to letting it come through, to to channel whatever comes through Mm -hmm. for the right person at the right time.
0: Yeah, I love that. And if you could sum up the FIRE course in three words.
1: Oh wow. Um, Experiential. Empowering. I have to go for four. Mind blowing.
0: Amazing. (laughs) So obviously this is a short interview today. Um, and I would really love to at some point do maybe a part two with you and having put myself through the firewalking, because that's something I'd really love to do for the future so I hope that you'll come back and I haven't found any questions right now but if we have any later we can always answer them in the comments below so thank you so much for your time thanks for being on the show it's been lovely talking to you
1: thank you Nicola thank you for having me have a great day and take care
0: thank you and you bye 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 So that was Barry from the firewalk and he gave me his three words to sum up the firewalking experience and having done it myself last night my three words would be exhilarating because when I stepped off that fire and onto that cool wet grass which was really lovely to compliment having walked on something hot in a cold evening in Peterborough. um, Well they mentioned as well you won't feel the cold when you're near that fire and you don't you don't feel the cold. It was really freezing before that. I had to have a big jumper and a jacket on and I was still teeth chattering cold. Um, But standing near the fire, having that adrenaline and excitement before stepping on, I actually didn't feel the cold. And my second word would be empowering because it's empowering to make the choice to do something for yourself And I was with my partner, Chris, and he walked on the fire as well. And I thought about doing it together, holding hands, as another couple of ladies did. Um, But I also feel really empowered to do stuff by myself. And it kind of sums up our relationship where we, we go through things that we put ourselves through fears and we overcome obstacles and we make changes in our life and we grow. We grow together. But we do that by walking our own path and we choose to walk our own path side by side. So it kind of felt a little bit of a metaphor for our relationship, where I'm encouraging him to walk his own path and he encourages me to walk my own path. So that was really lovely as well. And my last word is alive, because when you step off that fire and you've just overcome something, uh, the teacher was talking to us about the relief that you get, that big sigh of relief when you finally overcome a fear. But I actually felt I didn't feel relief this time and I have felt that previously in the past. I actually felt really alive, like my senses are really awake. Maybe it was because we were outside in the cold and we'd just been on the hot and I felt really kinesthetic, really aware of the wind, the ground, the heat, the cold, everything going on. Maybe it was that, but I also think it was combined with the overcoming of fear and it just really made me feel alive. Um, And I always say this to people, as a fitness teacher, when you you teach fitness and, and you take someone through a journey of fitness um, you really feel alive in that moment when your heart is pounding and you need oxygen to fuel your muscles to keep going you can't be in your head in that moment you can't be worried about stuff stressed about things and be working on your to-do list you have to be in that moment gasping for air thinking about staying alive so those are the kind of moments that really make you grounded and present so my third word is alive. And I love this part of the podcast because I love the fact that I get to talk about something in the future when you listen to the beginning, which is in the past. And I remember being inspired by Barry and being motivated by him to do this, but thinking, when am I going to get to do that? Do I have to wait till May to do the course? And then as soon as we came off the podcast, um, an email came through from the Firewalking in UK and it said we have this evening where you can just do one firewalk. And so I immediately signed up to that. So I didn't know that was going to happen. So it's lovely to be able to say this at the end of this interview and not have to wait till May to complete this and share my experience or do a part two. If you would like to ask any questions, if you'd like to share your experience of firewalking or overcoming your fears, this episode will be available on SoundCloud. You can add your comments. It will also be available on Weishu Radio on YouTube. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Weishi Radio on 91.8 Hayes FM.